Hey everyone, my name is Dave Nixon and welcome to another episode of the Peak and Flow podcast. Today I would like to talk to you about self-actualization. Now this is called the self-actualization equation. What that really is pointing to is Michael Hall's work, his self-actualization scale. Um, and I'm going to be touching on a little bit of Mihai Chingsing Mihai's work as well. Mahali Chingsing Mihai, Mahali, his name is, looks like from a... Um, an Aussie's point of view, but either way, his work on flow uh, and sort of how that pieces together. Um, I'm not looking at sort of Maslow's with this necessarily. Um, there's more to that when it looks at self-actualization um, and many other facets, but we're going to be sticking with really Michael Hall's um, simple concept of it. So firstly, I guess it's establishing like self-actualization. What does that actually mean? Um, what does actualization actually mean? Um, but how are we using that term in, in what in this context? And really what it looks like is meaningful work f- throughout your life. That, that It will come down to the meaningful work that you do throughout your life. And work is not career necessarily. It is literally usually action of some degree. Contribution, which is usually about action. could be writing. could be painting. It could be... Um, uh, architecture there's a whole range of it could be sport it could be anything right but it's look, what's meaningful work and so that's really what we're pointing to when we look at self-actualization and the interesting thing here is that it's so commonly aligned with peak performance we want to see self-actualization as not as a skill that has been developed or a point to get to but rather as the continual process of developing and deepening these skills within ourselves um, as a mastery of of self and also of the skills, um, and is so commonly aligned with fulfillment. So what we're really looking at there is what's peak performance for me in the space that's meaningful in the work that I do that makes me feel fulfilled. That usually in that channel right down that path is where I usually feel like I'm self actualization actualizing. <laughs> Jesus, uh, you know what I mean. So. Firstly, what does that look like? Well, with Michael Hall's system, we start to look like a simple balance of performance and meaning. And so what's really interesting here is we look at like an axis. We have the y-axis and the x-axis. And on the y-axis, you've got meaning, right? Semantics. The the And that's one of the things that I lean into massively, which is what is the meaning that we're associating with the words that we're saying with the linguistics and the semantically loaded language that I'm using? And so that's on the y-axis. On the x-axis, we have performance, Right. And commonly, if you have someone, uh, someone who has a strong lean-in on one compared to the other, you'll see that that's taken to an extreme. So high meaning, low performance is usually known as like dreamers, like fluff land, so to speak. They've got all these beautiful ideas and they, they're happy to talk about it and think it through and, and argue points, but nothing really ever ends up actualizing. Nothing really ever gets done. It's all subjective and never anything objective, so to speak. Whereas you have um, the other side of the coin, which is high performance. And high performance, low meaning, is usually workaholics. They're working for work's sake. It doesn't mean that it's meaningful. It doesn't mean that it's important. It doesn't mean any of that sort of stuff. It literally is pointing to working for work's sake, high performance, workaholics. Now, if you look at Fluffland and workaholics, usually they struggle to work together for a variety of reasons that the workaholics, the Fluffland will look at workaholics and be like, you know, what's the point? You're just working till you die. Um, What's the point? What's the meaning? 
And then workaholics will look at uh, Fluffland and be like, look at these dreamers. They never actually achieve anything with their life. And so where our channel is, where the balance is, is actually doing uh, meaningful work. When we can align uh, the work we do with something that's meaningful to us, that's usually when we do our best work and it's usually when we're in somewhat of a state of flow. And so that self-actualized channel is, is more about the pathway that we're going down than the work that we're actually doing. And that's why it can look so different for each person. Um, that's why it's really important. This is this is where when we do this type of work, time stops, doesn't exist. Um, there isn't a, a space for anything else besides, well, really the eight characteristics of Mihai's work. Um, the eight characteristics of flow are complete concentration on the task, the clarity of goals and um, immediate feedback as I move towards those goals, it's a transformation of time, as mentioned, and so that can be either it is speeding up or slowing down, but usually like a loss of traction of time. Uh, we hear it a lot in sport or in somebody just getting lost in their work. That's, once again, meaningful. Uh, the experience is intrinsically rewarding, and what that's referring to is that I don't need to be told outside of me that I, it's good or that I'm doing good work. I get a reward on the inside intrinsically just by doing this type of work. It's... It's I do it for that sake rather than the external feedback. The effortlessness and ease. Now, that doesn't mean um, that there is uh, everything in this space is easy to do. It means that as I come up against hurdles, I'm so concentrated on the task and in the enjoyment of the challenge of the task that there's an effortlessness associated with that. Then we have a balance between challenge and skills, and this is what's a really important framework for all states of flow and self-actualization. Actualization, that's twice today, is that I need to have this balance between um, what is the challenge that I'm up against, so the stimulus, and then what are the skills that I have? And we need to be able to have a challenge that's going to stretch us but not break us, and we can't have skills that are so great that the challenge is so boring we end up in sort of boredom or apathy, so to speak. And then actions and awareness emerge. So there's no like self-rumination in mind. There's not this sort of self-talk. I don't know if I can do that. I'm not sure if I can do this. I don't know if that's going to work. There's simply just action and awareness in the same moment of time. There's, there's nothing else exists. Uh, and there is a feeling of control over the task. That doesn't mean that you can absolutely control it. It means there's a sense of control over the task. Um, rather than um, it being under complete and utter control, as if there's no challenge whatsoever at all. So those eight characteristics associated with meaningful work that is lining up with um, Mihai's whole framework as well of uh, challenge and skill, then Michael Hall's, once again, meaning and work or performance, we start to see ourselves do work that is meaningful that gives us a reward that's um we usually also get paid for i think in some like a japanese culture this is called a akaigi i believe i've never actually heard it out loud i do apologize i've seen it written plenty of times but it's talking about what the world needs it's talking about what you do well and what you find passionate or your skills it talks about what you could get paid for what you can do for your life um and when you combine all those things it's like that's the magic that's what you should be doing with your life so many of us ignore that because we've got bills to pay, not realizing that we can change. We can change our life in many, many ways so that we can do meaningful work. And as you can tell, the gym, is, some noises will come through. The gyms are in the background. But 
for how do we go about this? It's like, well, firstly, we need to identify a blind spot. Am I high meaning or am I high performance? Right? Am I more subjective or am I more objective? Am I more based around meaning and culture or am I more based about action and systems? Because whichever one I relate to more, it's the opposite that I need to develop, right? This is where our potential lies in our blind spots because when we develop our blind spots, that's when we're able to really lean into self-actualization, which is exceptionally important because if all we do is double down on our strengths and we're good at actions and systems, then we just get better at actioning systems. We lose the meaning. If all we're good is good at it, what we're really good at is meaning and, and culture and we just double down on that, we miss the action and systems, and then we're going to you know, basically bottleneck ourselves for what we're really capable of within the work that we do. And so firstly, like what is the area where I'm most lacking? Is it in mind and, and understanding meaning and what's meaningful for me? Is it including the culture and community and communication and shared values and, and shared meaning? Is it in actually getting things done, the action of things? Or is it in actually having systems and plan and the health of the environment and how things are laid out? Which one of those areas is going to be an area where they would, if I was to spend time, I would fundamentally develop a, a skill in that area and that would then fundamentally allow me to do all these other things that I do really, really well. And that's what's happened for me within my work. All like action and systems was not something that I was good at. If you have a look, that's why I had over 800 podcasts and they were all based around mood prep, right? Meaning and our ability to apologize at the gym again. <laughs> Someone's lifting. That's good. Um, my ability to communicate meaning and to include community and culture was really, really well dialed in and trained. Yet, if you're looking at my gym as well, is that I, I didn't have the right gear. I didn't have the right systems. I, I was concerned about if I had the nice gear, if I had too much systems in place that I would take away from the culture. What I had to learn, and it took me a long time, yet by doing what I'm doing now and doing what we've done with the gym – actually putting attention and time into the systems and the quality equipment and actually doing the leadership rather than just communicating and walking the talk, it fundamentally developed my ability to communicate the people that I communicated to. It helped my culture um, and community have more connection and opportunities for connection. Um, and from a business standpoint, the lifetime value of a client. And so it's really understanding where are my blind spots? What am I missing here? And if I was to develop that, what would really change for me, right? If I was to really build a skill in that, build a skill in that, what could really change for me on the long term and those around me? And so is it mind, culture, doing, or systems? Which one are you missing? And then find a mentor in that space and reach out to them, invest in yourself and get after it. And on that note, on that note, team and my starters, I do apologize. Uh, I'm done. Uh, if you have any questions, by all means, reach out as always. You can find out more about uh, our retreats and trainings in the show notes. Uh, but that's me done. Um, until next time, peace and pizza. I'll see you soon.